Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castelbert. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am... I'm a doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Where do you want to start? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bigger on the Inside, the new Who Doctor Who Watch Along podcast. One day I'm going to get that right. It's really tricky to say. Um, with me, as always, is my co-host with the Mo-host, it's Harry Murdoch. I need to think of some better, a better way of introducing you. I feel. No, no I think like the Mo host. I can, I can vibe with that. But what does it mean? What does Mo host mean? Um, it means that I have the most, but with a bit more host. Ah, are you happy with that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, we can work on it. We can workshop it. Cool. Oh, I should just say at the top of the episode. Thanks to people who are actually listening to this. I was having a look at the ACAST um, analytics of the podcast today, and they, they're going up every time we upload an episode, which is always really good. Wow, um, really? It's like I'm not just talking to a void. There are like people hearing this. Yeah, people are actually listening and listening through ACAST, and um, this, on our YouTube, people are watching the videos on there and subscribing. So thanks to everybody who's actually wow. um, tuning in and listening. Yeah, and uh, if any of you want to send an email, please do. I don't know why I'm so like infatuated with the idea of like us getting an email. I no, just I am as well. I really like excited. it as well. Yeah, I find it. If exciting, someone does send in an email, it would genuinely like make my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same. Anyway, so let's get into the episode. Today we're going to be talking about um, series one, episode twelve, Bad Wolf. Now. I started watching this episode today. Normally, I would watch Confidential as well to give me a bit of background. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch Confidential. I also thought this was more of a two-part episode with the parting of ways, but it sort of isn't, is it? No, I mean, I think before we watched these episodes, we had kind of already agreed that because when we finish, you want to kind of look back on the series as a whole um, after the parting of ways, we thought it'd be better to have them as two separate episodes. But also, um, Bad Wolf, really, um, what most of it is about and, and just kind of the general concept is quite notably different from The Parting of Ways because, of course, there's the big revelation at the end which kind of changes everything for the second half. Yeah, no, definitely. What I... Oh, okay, I'm going to jump right to the end of the episode here where they reveal the Daleks are in this episode. The last three minutes, they show the Daleks. Now, at the end of Boomtown, when it shows the next time and they show you a few clips of what's to come, they show you the Daleks in that, in that um, next time clip. They did? Yeah, so I was watching it with a friend, because I had a friend around, I was like, oh, I've got to watch Boomtown for the podcast. He was like, okay, cool, I'll watch it with you. And then it came on at the end, and we both went, oh, why have they, why have they shown that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is something that kind of the Doctor Who kind of promos and next times and all that I've always been quite guilty of of kind of giving away their kind of surprises particularly when it comes to villains because yeah, like I feel like even like for series one um like the, the, if you go back and watch the original teaser trailer for this series there's a Dalek in that which personally if it 
I mean, obviously, it was never, never going to hide the fact that there was going to be a Dalek in the episode called Dalek. But part of me wishes that they had kind of saved up as a reveal. Um, and really, like, if you look at stuff even like more recently, such as how series 10, there's the kind of infamous fact that they gave away um, John Stim returned as the master. Mm. And even um, the uh, New Year's special from, was it a couple of years ago now? Um, Revelation, how they nearly didn't reveal there was a Dalek, but then they released a, t- a promo which ended with you hearing the exterminate. No, yeah, they've definitely been guilty of it. I always found that's the problem with Doctor Who, is that they do reveal slightly too much. I even remember in Capaldi's last episode, Twice Upon a Time, can I just say, um, me and Harry are recording this from two separate universities, and both our universities at the moment are in Freshers' Week. So if you can mm. hear um, people screaming and slight tints of music in the background, that's because um, people are having a better time than us. That's. I can hear. I can hear. I can hear slight noises, but it's nothing too bad. I'm sure people won't mind. Um, oh, they're, they're the kids. Let them have fun. <laughs> this is what happens when you like Doctor Who. You don't get invited to parties. <laughs> I mean, it's more the fact that like I'm 21, and most of the people in my accommodation are like 18. You know, no, that's the problem I had. Yeah, I was like, I've done all this, I just want to go to the pub anyway. Yeah, as I was saying, in Capaldi's last episode, Twice Upon a Time, in the trailer to that, they showed him regenerating. Mm, I mean, I guess there's a shot of him in the TARDIS with his arms out and the light coming out. And I know we know it's gonna happen, but you don't really want to see it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that kind of regeneration, especially in like the first scene of an of a doctor and the last scene of a doctor kind of feel like these very kind of pivotal moments for the show quite literally kind of you know the show takes on a drastic change either just because of the lead actor or stylistically or with yeah. a new team coming on so you kind of would think that there'd be a bit more respect for that but i guess that the advertising team at bbc oh, just yeah. can't resist showing everything I like, the way I, I, I like the way I complained about them putting that in the trailer, even though I was one of the lucky people who got to see that episode before it actually went out on the TV. I got to go to one of the BBC yeah, screenings. Yeah, you saw like a preview, didn't you? Yeah, the they sh- yeah, they showed the pretty much the full episode. They showed Capaldi's regeneration. You know the scene where Capaldi's eyes turn into Jodie's? Mm-hmm. You saw Jodie end it there. Yeah, you saw Jodie's eyes and it just faded to black and everyone went, what? Hmm. Yeah, no, we were really surprised by that. I was like, oh, they just put the wrong film on <laughs> watching the full thing. Anyway, we'll get back to the episode. So this is um, Bad Wolf, which starts with a very bad taste in its mouth by reminding us all about the long game. <laughs> oh, yeah, Satellite 5. I mean, I'm guessing the reason that they kind of reuse Satellite 5 is just so they didn't have to you know, put extra money into making another CGI spaceship. No, definitely. I definitely agree. Yeah, I was a bit confused to why they did that. They could have made... Well, looking back, we've already discussed the long game and we said we didn't really yeah. need it. But well, if you want to listen to that, you can go back and listen to the long game. But this is set 100 years later when yeah. Satellite 5 has been turned into basically a big TV studio showing a lot of TV programmes, which have all have since been cancelled. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but kind of... They make this whole joke about how, oh yeah, all these TV shows have been running for centuries and centuries, and all the TV shows they ch- choose to show 
um, the weakest link, Big Brother. Um, what Trini was the? Susanna. Was that Trini and Susanna? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, all of those, and none of them, none of those are TV shows that are still on air. No, I don't even think Trini and Susanna work together anymore. I think they split up. What did you think to um, the fact that Rose is kind of side, kind of a side character in this, and she's replaced with Linda? Oh yeah, nice Linda. Yeah, sweet, nice Linda. Sweet Linda, that's it. Yeah. Sweet Linda. Um, it's interesting. It, I mean, it, I, I have nothing against her, but obviously the fact that she's only kind of in this episode and the next one kind of is, is a little perplexing as to why she's introduced in the first place. I guess it's just kind of to show that despite, you know, the... Um, the TV station's been taken over by this cold corporation. There is still, you know, some humanity and still some life worth saving. Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. I almost felt like the last um, few episodes we've watched, this Boomtown and the Long Game, have all sort of been episodes that I feel were just put in there to so they could have a 13-episode run. They don't really seem to provide much. Um, I... I... I can understand it with stuff like The Long Game and uh, definitely Boomtown. Um, with this, this one, I feel like um, it's kind of necessary to have this episode. Um, firstly, because of the whole, um, it is the answer to the whole, well, or it starts to answer the whole Bad Wolf mystery that's yeah. been teased throughout the series. Yeah, I um, sort of get that, but I feel like the rest of it, like splitting them up, putting Jack in a different show, putting the Doctor in Big Brother... I'm sort of like, why? But he doesn't really pay off. It's like the Doctor was only putting Big Brother so he could meet Linda. But he could have just easily have had met Linda elsewhere. She could have been a cleaner or something, and he could have met her that way. Honest, I mean, honestly, um, and this is gonna, this isn't gonna be some kind of like deep thing. I, I, I don't mind um, it just because I kind of, as someone who grew up with this era of TV, I yeah. just find it to be just a very fun nostalgia trip. And that's entirely, you know, selfish reasons for enjoying this episode. But I just find it <laughs> quite funny to see, you know, they actually got Adam, Adam Anwidicum to voice the android. <laughs> and to kind of, they got like licensing from Channel 4 to use the Big Brother TV theme and just kind of yes. comical juxtaposition of, despite the fact that this is like, you know, meant to be 2005, like the year 2500 or something, mm. everyone in the Big Brother house still dresses like it's 2005 and it's still decorated like it's 2005. Yeah, well, I'm just looking now at images of Big Brother from 2005 and the house on the actual show looks a lot better than the crap they put them in in Doctor Who. It's like a little student mm. flat, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I found I found it was a good nostalgia trip, like you said, but I did speak to someone else about this and they said it's not very it hasn't dated very well because of those elements. Like I don't really think this episode would maybe translate that well overseas because they would be like what what on earth the and bot of the android and the weakest link in I know Big Brothers around the world, but like the Davina bot and all this stuff. Yeah. But I suppose when I they mean, made this episode they didn't know it was gonna be as successful as it would turn out to be. I mean, did did this air in the states when it first uh, came out? Did it was it like a know. BBC I... America in two thousand five? Um, I'm not sure. I'll have a quick look. Doctor Who series one USA date. I I I would say no. 
I know yeah. um, Doctor Who did run, he used to run on PBS in America, like the really early, you know, like classic Who. Mm. Um, I can't seem to find anything. I'm just having a quick look. Um, original Air Day Doctor Who finally debuted on the US Sci Fi channel on the 16th of March. And then I can't see, I'm going to have to click on the link. March, 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 March. Uh, I'm just having a look now. Talk along. Keep them entertained, Harry. You can say something for a change. Um, I mean, on the subject of um, the uh, kind of the US reception of this series, of Doctor Who, I remember seeing, I think it must have been some kind of like critics, like TV critics roundtable. Um, I found it on YouTube from back in 2005 when I think Rose and no, it wasn't from when they first aired. Um, there was like a special preview screening for kind of journalists and such of Rose and the End of the World. And amongst this kind of round table um, was one American critic. And it was kind of interesting to see how the American critic really just did not get the show and did not understand it at oh, all. Oh, really? And, yeah, and all the British um, kind of journalists just absolutely loved it. They're like, no, no, you don't get it. This is this is great. Kids are going to love this. And, and this, is like, se- this is for series one, yeah? Yeah, this is for series one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just found out Doctor Who aired in the US a year later in March 2006. Okay, okay. I mean, maybe they would have gone because I think there is definitely a Big Brother USA. Yeah, there is. Because that's yeah. one of those kind of international exports. Yeah, no. So maybe they'd have had enough context to understand it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I noticed, I don't know if you will, I don't think you would have picked up because you're not a fan of Peep Show, are you, like I am? Um, no, I've only seen a couple of episodes. No, well, Roderick, who is standing next to Billy Piper Rose when she's on The Weakest Link, the guy oh, yeah. who she battles against, he is. Um, he plays a very big part in the TV show Peep Show, and um, in that he plays David Mitchell's boss, um, Johnson, this sort of David elaborate boss, not very much like David Brent. He's more successful, and he doesn't realise he's being a bit of a dick. Um, oh, right. So it's quite interesting to see him appear in this as quite an evil character, just a nasty person. But what I found mm. even more interesting is at the time of recording, Christopher Eccleston was recently asked on his Instagram um, about Patterson Joseph, who plays Roderick. Um, someone just left a comment saying Patterson Johnson would make a great doctor, and Christopher Eccleston said it almost happened. So really? I. I'm inclined to believe that I believe Roderick, who is played by Patterson Johnson, um, may have auditioned to play the Tenth Doctor after Eccleston, hmm. or I even play audition to for the Ninth Doctor. I'm not sure. Perhaps. I mean, it did kind of cross my mind that um, the actress playing Linda. I wouldn't be surprised if, say, she was one of the uh, runner-ups auditioning for Rose. And oh yeah, definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, quite similar, young, uh, blonde British actress. Well, I did write <laughs> down, I did, I did write um, wherever I wrote it. Um, do, 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 do. I said, does the doctor just go around just picking up blonde teenagers? Because, like, he just suddenly... Yeah, no, he definitely... He just seems to suddenly fall in love with Linda, doesn't he? Like, he stood, he stood at the door, he's like, yeah, you should come travelling with me. She's like, oh, I'd like that. He's like, yeah, I'd like that. Sweet Linda. It's like, all right, all right, Chris, calm down. I mean... Is that something that kind of permeates all the uh, new who doctors? Like, um, obviously, David Tennant, um, in addition to Rose, also, you know, gets with Kylie, a uh, blonde woman. 
Um, isn't Madame Pompadour a blonde woman as well? Yeah, he uh, doesn't fancy Martha. She's black-haired. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what, what's River Song? What, uh, She's got brown hair, hasn't she? Just River Song with brown hair. It's kind of fairer brown hair, though, isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't fancy Amy. She's got ginger hair. He may fancy Clara. Mm. We're not sure. Oh, yeah, I did. No, yeah, definitely fancies Clara. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I was quite taken yeah. back by that because... I was like, like this whole series we've discussed, is he really in love with Rose or what's their relationship? Do they fancy each other? Because it's there in some episodes, it's not as clear in others. But in this one, like, he, he like, just suddenly seems to forget about her. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you can come travelling with me as well. It'll be me and these two blonde teenagers. And, and Captain Jack. Oh, yeah, Captain, <laughs> Captain Jack. Well, one I mean, thing I know... I, sorry, um, go on. On the subject of Captain Jack, I know that you complained about how in Boomtown last week you thought that Jack was written a bit um, ah, cheesy yes. and how it in didn't this, quite in align. This one, I, I feel like Jack down, was. Ri- I've wrote down this is a great Jack episode. No, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> the whole Trin Susanna thing is just, just so much fun. Yeah, no, I just, really did. What he says when he defabricated. Just like ladies, your your viewing figures just went up. No, yeah, no that's just iconic, Jack. In a way, I consider this kind of a more kind of iconic or like um, Captain Jack episode than even the Empty Child and Doctor Dances. In oh, my why is mind. that? I don't know. I just kind of when I think of like my favorite Captain Jack moments um, throughout the series, the Trin Zuzana um, scene from Bad Wolf is probably the first one that jumps to mind. Maybe it's because he's naked. Um, oh, you like that, do you? But also, you know, I mean, um, if I leaned that way, I certainly wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> and it, it doesn't offend me to see a naked guy on TV. Like, I think, um, you know, women are objectified so often. It's about time we take one for the team. You know? It's about yeah. time we all objectified John Barrowman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not, I mean, that's what you people said. People have been doing that for the last, how, people have been doing that for the last how long? <laughs> I mean, it's hardly a new thing, people thinking that John Barrowman is dishing. He's fabulous. Anyway. People still find him dishing, you know, he's embracing the grey now. Uh, this is also, another, I think it's only the second time as well that they mention an adventure we haven't seen on screen. They mentioned that they went from Rex Coracle Falibatorius to, um, where did they go? Japan in, 19, in 1836. Mm. So uh, I know we're sort of straying off from the episode here and we're merely discussing the arc a little bit. Big finish, do you think we're going to see some of this over there? A rural, an episode in rural Japan? I think yeah. that'd be a fun place to go. Yeah. I feel like they've if mentioned. They can get... Go on. If they can get Billy and John Barman to come on board for it, that'd be a very fun episode to watch. Well, I know that both of them have done Big Finish. So I would imagine that they would both be up for this. I don't feel like it's something that they would turn down. I mean, it seems that nowadays both Billy and John have always kind of maintained a very positive relationship with the show. So Mm. I know that... um, Chris Reckleson definitely enjoyed working with Billy, so... Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, we're going on to Rose a little bit. How did you find Rose when she's um, on The Weakest Link? When she first joins the team and she doesn't realise that if you lose, you die. 
she thinks she's yeah. just on the actual show. I still yeah. feel like her reaction is such a dick. Like these people are getting the questions wrong and she's just laughing at them on national telly or what she believes to be national TV. I guess like if I was watching The Weakest Link back in the day and one of the contestants was just laughing through the whole thing, yeah, you would be a bit, hmm, not really the right etiquette. Yeah, she comes across like really arrogant, like, oh my God, I can't believe you got that wrong. Then she gets asked a question. She's like, why am I supposed to know? I don't know that. And it's like, yeah, all right, love, you're getting a bit entitled for yourself. Who do you think you are? Mm. Uh, that is one I mean, thing. I guess, I, sorry, go on. I know. I, I, you'd, you, I guess you would think that after spending so long with the doctor, she'd have um, maybe have the instinct by that point to maybe suss out, be start sussing <laughs> things out. Although at the same time, I guess you know, if you ended up say like today, if you ended up on like a episode of The Chase with a Bradley bot. Um, <laughs> I reckon I'd be a bit bemused by it all. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah, you are right. Oh, by the way, um, Chris Tibnall, please take notes. I want an episode where um, Jodie and the TARDIS team end up on the chase with a Robo Bradley Walsh. Oh, what? Graham, the, the, there's but... two Bradley Walshes then? Well, no, there's Graham, played by Bradley Walsh, and then there's um, Bradley Bot, who is voiced by Bradley Walsh, but is also a robot. That's what <laughs> I want to see. Does, um, is Graham slightly taken back by the fact that this robot looks a little bit like him? Um, yeah, maybe he'd be like, oh, that, that robot sounds a bit familiar, Doc. That, that's, my, <laughs> that's my Bradley Walsh. <laughs> that's, that's, that. I know I often praise your knife, Doctor Voice, but that was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you hear my tenant. I'm going to have so much fun when we get to David Tennant. <laughs> Uh, did you notice as well that um, over here in the UK, anyway, the weakest link is shown on the BBC? Um, I imagine it's still shown on the BBC in Satellite 5, Bad Wolf TV. They cook mm-hmm. for a commercial break on the BBC. They don't have adverts on the BBC. Oh, yeah. Which means in the future, the licence fee is abolished at long last. Maybe, like, maybe Bad Wolf TV is one of like, the, those, like... Um... UK TV channels that just like re- does a lot of repeats of shows. But then why why do they cut to commercial breaks? Like Dave cuts to commercial breaks all the time. Yeah, but when they, when Dave show repeats of Top Gear, Jeremy Clarkson doesn't turn to the camera and go, "Now it's time for a commercial break." Uh, no, but like, they do the cut. I mean, maybe it's a thing. I don't has. I know that like gold. Always oh, believing like, You've got the power to know you're indestructible. We've just seen Spandau Ballet now. Yeah, we well, said gold. So I started singing oh. gold. Just <laughs> don't pick up. This is such that? a weird episode. <laughs> it's, I, I also uh, like to just point out it's quite like, late. We normally record these around eight o'clock, it's half past nine at night. I'm a little bit tired. I've had a long day, but I really want to talk about this. <laughs> um, I can't remember what I was saying now. I was trying to figure out... Um, I was trying to figure out the um, logistics of why they'd make an episode of Weakest Link with ad breaks. Um, I don't know. I just like to think that the, we don't have the license fee in many years' time to cover. That gives me some hope in a world filled with hate and pain. <laughs> anyway. and that's, that's where things start going wrong it's when the um, 
BBC um, loses its, um, what's it called? Its national broadcast status or something? Yeah, it's BBC Trust or whatever Public it's called. Broadcast okay. status. Public broadcast status. Yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. Um, yeah, when I, this loses its status, that's when the world goes to pot. So uh, <laughs> I guess hashtag don't defund the BBC. That's so true. I really like the scene well, in this episode. It's not bad war from happening. <laughs> I, I really like the scene in this episode where the Doctor hasn't realised yet that if you get evicted from Big Brother, you die. And he's just, like, really, like, fed up with the idea of Big Brother. Like, he's, like, on the surface yeah. going, oh, another reality show, I can't believe it. She's going to make millions when she gets out. Why are you all getting yeah. so dramatic about this? But I also feel that's somewhat Christopher Eccleston coming through as well, not just yeah. the Knife Doctor. I thought that was um, just that whole moment was just a kind of a very fun little kind of play on it because obviously in shows like Big Brother when someone gets evicted there is the whole going around and hugging and people crying and you can't but think when watching it that people are just like egging it on a bit and Mm. kind of playing up to cameras but here you know they've kind of Ross T. Davis has kind of twisted it so that actually no this is all completely genuine because it really is life or death. No, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, what do you think to the controller? Sort of a character that isn't really explained that much in this episode at all. And it's, it gets it's exterminated. A very intriguing character. Like, is it a, a human girl who, from the age of five, was hooked up to this machine and forced mm. to? Yeah, no, that's a. It's a very intriguing concept, and they, yeah, the, the bits where they touch upon it are very, um, just very, very kind of. Um, quite disturbing really maybe kind of the reason it's not explored further is because for a show targeted at kids the idea of a kid being made into kind of this data slave thing for a tv broadcasting station is a bit too dark yeah maybe yeah and what did you think to the fact that um we see some bad wolf flashbacks in this. We see the D- Rose sort of realizing that these two wares have been following them all around, and we suddenly mm. get a flashback to episode three, um, the Unquiet Dead. That suddenly felt so long ago when that flashback came up, and I was like, "Oh my god, I remember that scene. I remember talking about that. It seems ages ago." Yeah, I mean, it would have been longer, like watching it back in the day, because. Really, a 12-episode um, run of a series, like, with an episode a week, that is, like, three... No, yeah, three months of telly, right? It, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, he stands like, in front of... Oh, I sorry, forget, go on. I, I, just, I just... I forget, like, how long, like, in... How, how much of, kind of, the annual timetable a series of Doctor Who takes up. But then I think back to a kid, it did kind of seem like almost a constant, you know? Oh, yeah, it was definitely. always on TV or being re-aired. Yeah, because back when we were kids, you would have it on a Saturday night around 7, 7.30. Mm. You would then have Doctor Who Confidentials on BBC3 straight afterwards. Did you so, watch Confidentials? When I used to when I was a kid, yeah, because that's what properly got me into, like, uh, for those who don't know, I'm currently studying film at university to work on film and TV sets. And a lot of that is probably down to Doctor Who. So you would have that on BBC Three on a Saturday night. The Sunday night on BBC Three, they would then re-show Doctor Who from the Saturday. They would show it again. They repeated it? Yeah, they would repeat it on the Sunday, and then they would show a 15-minute version of um, Confidential, which is normally 
an, a half an hour. And then, um, what did you do after that? And then, like, just throughout the week, you just have adverts on all the time. And you would have episodes repeated during the week. Yeah, no, like, I mean, um, Doctor Who was just, it was such a big deal when we were kids. It's kind of like, it's easy to forget. Like, even, like, there was the one Christmas where um, the kind of big Christmas bump of a BBC One was the one of David Tennant with the reindeer and the time. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was, like... Yeah, in the UK, for those who don't know, on BBC One you have the Channel Idents, which at the time used to be um, the logo was like a red, just a red circle, wasn't it? And you'd have like yeah, different ways of introducing the red circle. So sometimes you had hippos going in a set, swimming in a circle. That was quite a famous one. And one of them was just David Tennant as the Doctor riding the TARDIS, being um, you know steered by reindeers. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. massive, and you don't get that anymore, which is quite sad. One thing that yeah. I did notice. Yeah. In, sorry, go on. I mean, this is this is really jumping ahead, like because you've not even got to David Tennant. But <laughs> um, I remember, didn't I think they actually used that indent right after the end of Time Part Two as well? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like kind of rubbing salt in the wound a bit, you know. <laughs> a bit harsh, isn't it? Is a bit. Well, would you rather yeah. see that or did he just see one with Matt Smith where he goes, ah, suck it." <laughs> he shoots a radio in the head. He's like, it's dead. It's kind of. over. Well, not not quite that um, vulgar, but they would have kind of been been kind of neat if they like reshot the trail that <laughs> um, in Denver with Matt Smith. How many times? How many times in this series now has the Ninth Doctor stood in front of a big glass window looking over the planet Earth? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, there's the end of the world. Um, that's one. Yeah, there's, the um, long game. Long game. That's two. Um, well, wait, but like, there's like l- multiple times in those stories he does that. Like, yeah. he does it at least three times in um, the, the end of the world. Yeah, and I think it's once in the long game, but mm. it's once here in Bad Wolf. Um, I mean, it I guess, happened, you know, and it was one of those things where I was like, I'm sure I've seen this before. This series. I guess the Doctor just like really likes Earth, doesn't he? He really does. Um, yeah. One thing that I did like about this episode, you know, something that I wouldn't have noticed when we when I was a little kid watching this, is that I feel like this episode is sort of a play on the fact that in two thousand early two thousands, when these type of reality shows would come on, I'm a celebrity, Big Brother, um, what other reality shows did we have back then? They were like the only main two, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I think so. Was I'm celebrity a thing back in 2005? Yeah, yeah. But like, you would have like people complaining, saying, "Oh, it's torture! It's so horrible for these people. They don't know what they're being letting themselves in for." And I imagine it was quite a bit, even though they were so popular, there was quite a big backlash as well. And I feel like this really sort of plays up to that sort of standard of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, kind of stuff that happened in Big Brother very often made like headline news. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially when you look at people like, um, oh my god, what's her name? I can see her head. I can see her face. Jody something. Uh, she uh, I can't remember. But it was a lady in there who said some racist things, and then she came out and she was really famous. Yeah, I remember there was um, even like the first series. There was like I can't remember. Like there was this really deceptive guy. I think it was like I don't know. I think people call him like Evil De- Darren or something. I can't oh, yeah, remember his name. Dirty Den or something like that, innit? Dirty oh. Den, that's it. Something like, like that, innit? I, I can't, can't remember. Prefer evil. 
I prefer Evil Darren in my mind. <laughs> how what a bad ring it has, but yeah, it was Dirty Den. I don't think it is Dirty Den. Is it not? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go Evil Darren. I'm googling Big Brother, bad guy. See what comes up. Um, it's about Dan, isn't it? It's Dan. What was his name? Dan Neal is his real name, I think. Is it? And that's in Australia. Oh my god, I don't know what the hell's going on. Why is there so many versions of Big Brother? It's a massive international. Like, I mean, it's not actually from the UK originally. I think it's from like Sweden or Denmark originally. Yeah. I've Googled yeah. Big Brother Dirty. Dirty da- D- Darnell? No, I don't know. Oh, I don't want to be looking at this anymore. Nasty Nick. Nasty Nick, that's, that's it. it. I just had to Google Big Brother Dirty. I don't like what I'm looking at. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, don't, don't describe it. No, don't Google that, kids. <laughs> um, so in this episode, Rose dies. She gets shot by um, Anne Robinson. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the, the doctor doesn't seem that fussed. Yeah, d- I think he's really... It's kind of a thing... I, f- I think that was a very kind of good moment for him, but he kind of runs over does. He doesn't like break down crying or anything. Like he just kind of, but you can see like his face is just kind of goes over just really steely and cold. He and sort he of think, really... You can tell by his emotion that he thinks it's his fault. He's like, I knew this would happen sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I mean, it must be kind of him like reflecting on kind of the whole stuff. Like, if it was a less subtle show, um, it would probably like start playing like an echoey voice of Jackie saying, "Can you keep her safe?" Oh uh, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Um, it's kind of that thing that, like, in that moment, he's kind of failed, you know, to protect her and to protect someone he really loves, and kind of the show really does commit to that. Like, he stays kind of in that kind of steely kind of probably depressive state until he finds out that Rose is alive after all. Yeah, I suppose yeah, I don't I take back what I said about him not really caring. But I just felt like maybe afterwards where they're locked up in that cell, I thought there might have been a bit more of a dynamic there about it, but there isn't really. But I guess time has passed throughout that scene, so you don't know what's yeah. happened within that. So yeah. Um anything else? Oh yeah, this is an episode that I thought really touched on something that we've mentioned a lot, which is would everything be better if he just didn't turn up? Mm, yeah, because doesn't he, like, say that he kind of blames himself for Satellite 5 turning the way it did? Yeah, because he looks at the Earth and he's like, I made this, I made that happen by when he was last there. Mm. Yeah, of course we kind of know and find out that it was the Daleks doing, but, I mean, yeah, kind of, it is an interesting thing to dwell upon, the fact that the Doctor's actions, even when good-intentioned, could very well have these kind of catastrophic um, consequences, you know, if he kind of makes the wrong judgment about what does and doesn't need to be altered. No, yeah, I definitely agree. So, is there anything else that oh, we haven't discussed? Oh, go on. I like that. I just like this one bit from the cold open where, um, obviously, right before the cold open, it does the "You're on Big Brother, please do not swear." And yeah. Nicholson has, says, you've got to be joke kidding me. I'm low-key disappointed that they didn't have it, that um, the Ninth Doctor, like, sw- was about to... S- <laughs> I was kind of expecting him to, do, like, 
almost swear and it cut to the oh uh, yeah like he just goes you have got to be <laughs> yeah like what the f- <laughs> yeah, yeah. that would have been funny yeah no, I, did I, mean, I imagine maybe russell e davis had that in a re- an original draft and yeah. the bbc said you can't do that russell as a kid's show yeah because in, in the in the uh, world war three episodes the slovenes they say bollocks when they're about to be bombs, they look up and they go, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> they, they, they are allowed to swear. Yeah, or, Im- or imply, because you don't hear them say bollocks, you hear them say no, yeah. ball. Oh, right. Do yeah, then they explode. But they do I mean, swear in future episodes of Doctor Who, which I think did get quite a big backlash when it comes to yeah. the Peter Capaldi era. We'll get to it. We'll discuss it off the show, okay, because okay. I don't want to talk about it before we get to it, because I think it's something quite interesting we can talk about when we get to it. Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So, is there anything else that we haven't mentioned that you would like to talk about, Harry? Um, pertaining to this episode, I can't think of anything. No, just about life. Uh, about life? Um, life's all right right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so, with that know, in mind, I mean, it's time for your favourite part. It's the quiz. Oh, oh yeah, the quiz. <laughs> Now, can I just ask, do you listen to these podcasts back? No, I hate the sound of my voice. So you don't know that there's a jingle for the quiz and that when the quiz comes on, there's dramatic music playing in the background and... No, I didn't know you did that. Oh, now I have to go check it out. <laughs> Which episode is the first one we could do the oh, quiz Oh, I can't remember. Um, at the moment, the one that's out at the moment is one that you're not in. So I think it's after that it starts. Oh, all right, brill. So you'll have to listen no, I'm to, gonna have to check that out. But the music, yeah, yeah. just listen, maybe listen to it because I, I know I, some of them I forget to put the music in. So just listen to that. Anyway, so you ready for your quiz? Absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> what channel is Big Brother being shown on? What number? Oh, oh it's like something in the hundreds. Um, like, channel... What, is it like, channel 260 or something? 44,000. Oh, oh, it's even bigger than I thought. Yeah, so, as always, that one's wrong. You're never very good at these quizzes. I thought you would have learned by now that we do the quiz. Yeah, but I don't know, like, there's so many little details that you always ask me about. I don't know what I should be paying attention to. Question two, there's um, one, two, three, four, five. There's five questions today. It's the most questions you've ever been get- given, so let's hope you get at least one right. Oh, man. Where does Are Jack say he buys off? his jeans from? Top man. I will accept top man. I believe he says top shop. Yeah, but, like, that's... For women's clothing, so but I will accept top man. So you got one right. Um, <laughs> this is a question from the Weakest Link quiz. It's a question that gets asked in the quiz. So you ready? Okay. What basic food stuff is an anagram for beard? Bread. Yes. Well done. <laughs> I remembered that one. <laughs> Who is the president at the time this episode is set? They only say the surname. 
Is it Schwarzenegger? It is! We've got three. Is he the current president? <laughs> no, no. Probably he's still alive. And maybe or he's just he's like just... a ancient relative yeah. or something. How many other big brothers are there on TV at one time? Uh, 50? 60. Ah! So you got Harry out of five. You got one, two, three. I think it's the best you've ever done. So well done. You that be... is the best I've ever done. You should be so um, damn pleased with five. yourself. Do you feel like you're learning? Pardon? Do you feel like you're learning? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no. Um, I mean, it's kind of random trivia about a Doctor Who episode, so you can only really learn so much. Okay, I'm going to let you into I wasn't going to tell you this. Next week, you're not only getting a quiz about the very last episode, you're getting a quiz about the whole series. Oh, so we have to, like, read up. <laughs> <laughs> So look forward to that. Um, you know how many books I have to be reading already? Like, <laughs> well, I'm gonna get into the bit in a minute where we recommend what we just tend to recommend something. Uh, oh yeah, that, we didn't do recommendations last week. No, we forgot to do it last week, so we'll do it this week. But before that, I want to briefly talk about what we're gonna do after next week's episode, "The Parting of Ways," which is the end of series one. So. This is what I'm thinking. This is, might be the first time Harry said this. I know we've talked about it a bit. But we're going to do the parting of ways. So we're going to do that episode. Well, then I feel we should talk about the whole of series one in general as a separate episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. We also have a number of videos coming out on our YouTube channel. You can go find that on YouTube. Just type in Big on the Inside Podcast and they'll come up. Um, we've got some videos coming out on there. I do have a list somewhere of the types of videos we could be doing on there. We are going to be doing, on November the 23rd, we'll be doing the Free Doctors, which is the 10th anniversary special of Doctor Who, so we're going to be talking about that. Um, we have one interview already in the can. There's another one that I'm That's hope... very exciting. I'm really excited. Sorry, go on. Will it be already out, do you think, by now? No, it'll come out after this. This is all after this. Oh, okay. That's clear. That's going to be one. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Um, I also have an yeah. interview. I'm also doing an interview in a couple of days where I'm going to be talking to a Doctor Who um, Twitter artist who's done comic book illustrations. Not Doctor Who comic book, but she's recently got a, a, a book coming out on Amazon. So we're going to talk to her about her. I'm going to talk to her about her illustrations and her love for Doctor Who. There's a possibility that we could be talking to somebody else. Um, we also. I'm in talks with another cast member who appears throughout the whole of New Who um, and has quite a substantial role in the new era of Star Wars movies as well. So that's exciting. And anything... I don't even know about that one. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you about that one. And also at Christmas time, we're going to be doing the Christmas Invasion as well. So there's a lot coming out. Yeah, we're going to be busy. Oh, also before the Christmas Invasion, I think we should also touch on the comic relief special that was actually David Tennant's first time as Doctor Who where... Oh yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, I've completely a, forgotten about that's it. Really in, that's a really interesting one. Yeah. yeah. So we'll do that as well. That'll fall in some point during the week as well. Once again, I'm right. And on the rare occasion when I'm wrong, you'd usually find out that that bit was a lie and that I was right in the first place. Hmm. So yeah, there's a lot coming out. But 
before all that, we need to recommend stuff. Harry, what are you going to recommend? I'm going to recommend a YouTube channel. <gasps> yeah, that's right. I don't <laughs> just watch TV. Um, I mean, since coming to um, uni, my part, my kind of flat room doesn't actually have an aerial cable, so I can't actually watch TV. Um, well, I can watch on demand, but yeah. I'm watching primarily YouTube right now. And uh, this is a channel, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, it's called uh, Defunct Land. Oh, yes, I do. I watch them, yeah. Oh, do you watch Defunct Land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now, I'm not like a massive fan of theme parks or anything and going to them, but I find theme park history really, really interesting. And mm. Defunct Land, the whole gist of it is that they talk about kind of old theme parks or kind of planned theme parks and attractions that either don't exist anymore or just never saw light of day at all. I like the ones where they're... Sorry, go on. The reason I find them very interesting is that kind of they don't just talk about the history of the parks themselves, but they kind of talk about the history of the company, the lead figures, and also very often they talk about kind of the period. Like, for example, they did an episode on um, the history of Coney Island, and it kind of really goes into kind of exploring that era of New York and the different classes of people and kind of how the business of running the pier worked. And it's just very a very interesting historical insight. Yeah, I like I really like a lot of these like abandoned Disney things where they're like this like if you get on the ferry you can you actually end up sailing past this island that looks just like an island, but actually behind all the trees there's a hidden theme park. Oh, it used closed. to be a zoo, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that, and like really weird things. And like, I'm just on their channel now, so I just want to make sure I'm recommending the right one. But I think I'm right in thinking that there was once the t- in talks for a Roger Rabbit themed attraction at Disney, and that didn't work out as well. Like, I'm looking here the history of the Muppet Show, the history yeah, of they... Na- Nana Dreamland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also do a lot of stuff kind of talking about kind of old primarily Disney TV shows. Um, mm. So we've done a whole series talking about the history of Jim Henson. Yeah, there's one here about the, the abandoned Nickelodeon Hotel, uh, oh, the yeah. failure That's of Disney's Chuck E. Cheese. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots. Yeah, they're and, really interesting. And they vary in length yeah. as well. I mean, not just they? informative, but they're kind of delivered with a real kind of dry wit and sense of humour. Yeah. Um, so they're also just very entertaining to watch as well. They're just very well-made kind of documentaries that, you know, I'd recommend, you know, anyone to watch, even people who aren't usually interested in kind of theme park history. No, yeah, I like, was it, TPM Disney Beats? Oh, yeah. Welcome to TPM Disney Beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is something oh, about, like... TPM Beats, isn't it? Uh, is that it? I can't remember, though. Yeah, that's it. I know because I, I that's one of the few um, impressions I can do half decently. <laughs> no, so yeah, no, I definitely back in your recommendation. My recommendation ties in slightly because I believe the logo to Defunct Land is the rear end of the time machine from Back to the Future, the DeLorean. Oh. Did you not know that? I, I didn't really notice. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, right. Okay, anyway. Well, my recommendation is something that isn't probably that accessible to a lot of people, but I'm going to recommend, because I booked tickets to go and see it for the third time, um, I'm going to recommend the Back to the Future musical 
which Ooh. opens in its West End debut in London in January, February, March, April, in May of next year. Um, I was really lucky enough to see it twice in Manchester this year, 2020, before COVID hit. I saw the preview and then I went to the world premiere as well. And um, most people know I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. I was very apprehensive about this. And I remember talking to people before it in the queue going, this is either going to be really, really good or it's going to suck. And I haven't spoken to a single person who hasn't enjoyed the musical. It is honestly... You don't have to know Back to the Future to enjoy it. I went and saw it first with my friend Josh, who knows the films quite well. And then the second time I saw it, I took my friend Harrison, who you will know who appeared in the Big Finish episode that we did, had never seen Back to the Future. His first experience of Back to the Future was the musical, and he loved it. The songs are really great. And something that, I know, Harry, you're, you, you're at drama school at the moment, so you might be able to help me out a bit here. Um, I'm not a big theatre-goer, but the effects in this show blew my mind of what I was seeing on stage. Now, from uh, what you've told me, like, really cutting-edge kind of visual effects for a stage show. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, you think, how do they put a DeLorean on stage and make it travel in time? But it works. I'll, I won't spoil it, but I'll reveal something... Um, about you know the practical effects of it is there's a scene in which the Delore- when at the end of the film where Marty travels from spoilers for Back to the Future a film that's 35 years old <laughs> um, at the end of the film oh, where Marty travels from 1955 back to 1985 um, it's a scene in the movie where Marty drives down like a two mile long road and you're like how on earth are they going to do that on stage mm-hmm. and the car's on like a plinth on the middle of the stage it moves around the stage there's this transparent screen that they project images on, the images behind, the lighting, and it all works so well. It's got music composed by Alan Silvestri, who did the original film Ready Player One and Avengers Endgame. Um, I believe he also he's done a few, I think he's done a Nolan film. I know he's done a few Spielberg ones when John Williams isn't around. He's a very prolific direct um, composer. Yeah, and it's also got music from Glenn Ballard, who's done a lot of musicals. It stars Ollie Dobson as Martin McFly and Roger Bart um, as Doc. The standout. The, um, Sorry, go on. The playbook is also written by Bob Gale. Who yeah, Bob Gale. Yeah, co-writer and co-producer and all that of the actual film. So, yeah, the, a lot the, of original back for it. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis he, the, the, two lead, the two guys Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, director and producer and co-writers of Back to the Future they had a huge hand in the musical, in fact that when it was the premiere night, they, the, the two of them came on stage to a standing ovation it was, I didn't realise that um, Robert Zemeckis had had involvement with the show Yeah, yeah, they're really, you know, it's top stuff it was really great, I was looking, I got to meet Zeme- Zemeckis, which was um for a brief second, you know, but it was one of those things where I'm looking at someone who has the job I want. He's directing movies. He's directing, he directed my favorite movie. And I'm looking at him and you, you just want to ask a million questions at that point. Oh, I know. I know. It's like, I was really lucky enough a few years ago to meet Tennant, to meet David Tennant. And I have so yeah. much respect for David Tennant. He's, you know, that, cat, that, that era of Doctor Who is so important to me. But when I met him, I realised I had not much to say to him because he's not Doctor Who. Yeah. You can obviously say, I really admire you, thank you so much, and you know, and all this. Um, but when I was stood next to Zemeckis, it's just like my head is filling. I just want to ask you a 
billion questions. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that's enough Back to the Future before I um, go on a tangent. So yeah, that's what I'm recommending. What's next week, Harry? What what's um... oh shit, it's the last one next week. It's the last one of series yeah, one. Series finale, Eccleston's final episode. Um, <gasps> oh my god, that's gonna be quite sad. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be weird kind of not being able to do my Christopher Eccleston uh, voice anymore. Uh, we'll have to come up with something next week for like a fond farewell. <laughs> yeah. Where are you ranking we never did this, uh, where are you ranking Bad Wolf on your scale? Um for me, Bad Wolf, um, oh, this is hard. Um, For those who don't I, know, the scale is at the very bottom. The very bottom of the scale is rated with a what? Uh, it's, uh, why don't you just die? And what's the middle? Can you remember what the middle is? Is it, I am so impressive. Yeah, and what's the top one? Fantastic. Okay, so where does, um, where does Bad Wolf come on this scale? Um, I think it's definitely um in the top end. Um, mm. it's it's a strong episode. Um, I'd give it about you know, uh, um, for the series. Um, oh, that's not bad. I like it. So I I had a lot of fun with this episode. Nice. Um, and it's got one of what I'd say uh, is one of the best. Although it was spoiled um, by the <laughs> next time, I think the cliffhanger with the Daleks and the Doctor being like, I'm going to destroy every single one of your ships is one of like the best cliffhangers the show's ever had. Just the, It just gets your adrenaline pumping, leaves you in a good feeling. I just, I really enjoyed this episode. I just had a lot of fun with it. Um, where I'd rank it alongside the other episodes in this series, I couldn't say mm. just yet because it's just... <laughs> Such a strong series. Have you been keeping? Have you been updating your ranking of the series as we've gone along, or are you going to wait till it's all over? When it's all over, I think I want to wait until it's all over to do a definitive oh, right. ranking. Because I, I kept, I kept. For those who don't know, when we did Dalek. Oh, sorry, I forgot. We forgot to mention that we will also be revisiting Dalek. We're going to redo that episode because we didn't really do it justice when we reviewed it the first time. So we're going to go back and redo it. But you can go back yeah. and listen to the original version of that in which we mentioned uh, we ranked the first six episodes. I kept that note on my phone and I've been adding to it uh, with each episode that we've watched. So mine's still on the go. It might tweak it a little bit, but it's um, it's interesting. Yeah. But I think this is definitely... Oh, is it, is it top half though? I don't know. You'll oh, have to tune hard. in next week to find out where we review. I know, maybe I don't know. We'll do it at some point. So uh, next week, what's next week's episode, Harry? Next week's episode is the Parting of Ways. Whoop whoop! So I'm now going to say a very calm and respectable goodbye, and now I'm going to let Harry just say probably he's going to say the same as well. So say goodbye. Bye bye. Ah, there we go. It's lovely. It's the worst thing. It's no podcast ever does it because it's the worst idea ever. Don't forget to click below to subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.